Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Monday edition from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. The college football playoff is set. Alabama takes down number one Georgia. Michigan and Cincinnati also in the playoff. We're going to preview, recap the weekend, preview what's to come with the playoff and much more. Mario Cristobal is the next head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, Manny Diaz, out, and knew he would be as they were searching for Cristobal and trying to get that deal done. Uh, Plus, Brent Venable's done in Oklahoma, that deal done. He's the new head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. We're going to dive in to the NFL schedule as well uh, from Week 13 and preview tonight's final game of Week 13, the best game of the slate, the Bills and the Patriots. Gentlemen, good afternoon. So, Hutton, we were in Atlanta, and we got to see firsthand just exactly why Nick Saban is Kirby Smart and everyone else's daddy, and he proved it once again. It is incredible. The first time in 92 games that Alabama was an underdog, and they promptly went out there and blew the doors off of Georgia, uh, which I did not think was possible uh, with this Georgia team. And it was a disastrous performance by Georgia. But Alabama, I mean, we knew it all year. We said two teams with a talent to compete with and beat Georgia are Alabama and, uh, and Ohio State. And full credit where it goes. Superior game plan. Alabama's offensive line who could not block a soul against Auburn went out there and completely held back the best defensive front in football. Uh, Georgia's secondary was terrible. And Alabama gets it done. I, I know this year and most years, uh, never probably, is there a fifth, sixth, seventh team stacked up, demanding, knocking at the door to put pressure on the four and the five. But I felt like Georgia was so bad that if there had been somebody out there, they they were so fraudulent. They looked so bad that if there was somebody out there with the case, they they could have been sweating. Oh, no. It was Number so one's bad. not falling out. Yeah, so you're, you're, yeah. so no, Michigan I mean, should be out because they couldn't close out Michigan State. They had a two-score lead on Michigan State, and they lost yeah, to Michigan I mean, look, State. They, that was a long time b- ago. Before this it, game, it Paul, the most— They lost to Alabama. Yeah, the most points they gave up all year was 17 to Tennessee <laughs> until they gave up 41 but, to Alabama. But the whole year, you say, well, they haven't really—they've been dominant. But they haven't really played anybody. They finally get into a pressure situation against a really good well, team, and they fold it up. I, I, I understand they haven't really played anybody. They scheduled Clemson, and they played an SEC schedule. So I'm not really sure what else Georgia could do except for play in the SEC West, which they can't do. 
Yeah. I mean, they played a tougher schedule than most conferences, most Power Five conferences. They've got they just to didn't play in the way. Showing in that game, and the TV was very apologetic for them. A lot of commentators were very apologetic for them with it, with this line that you guys probably didn't hear a lot because you were actually there with this. Well, Georgia knew that even if they lost, everything was going to be fine, and Alabama was playing for its life. And I think that's a load of crap that, that somehow the SEC championship wasn't important to Georgia and that they didn't have to show up on the same level. I know Georgia's going to the, to the college football playoffs no matter what happens in that game, but that's a pathetic showing by them with a chance to really crown a special season, continue to go undefeated, keep the number one seeding, and roll into the playoffs. Chad, we, we previewed it on I'll Kick the Tailgate, BU and Jill and Clay. The... The expectation of Georgia is to win the national title for the first time since 1980. 1980. It's That's been a, big a while. Year for Georgia. There is a lot of pressure on this program to go out and get it done, and, and pressure on Kirby Smart to deliver as well. And they have been fantastic all year. Alabama played their best game. I, I thought Alabama had terrific. They, they played two complete games all season. Ole Miss. And then this past week against Georgia. And in both cases... I, I would put Mississippi State also in that mix because they just blew yeah. them out completely. Right after they lost. Yeah. Right after they the, bounced I mean, the back wake after up call the A&M. happened at A&M. Yeah. And, and then blew the doors off of Mississippi State. But the Ole Miss game, there was a ton of buzz about Kiffin going into Tuscaloosa and Ole Miss unbeaten going in and winning. And guess who had Alabama's attention? The team with all the buzz. Same case here. And... The, the, the five stars showed up and played like five stars. Bryce Young played like a Heisman winner. And that team attacked Georgia like every other team wishes they could do. On the perimeter, instead of playing to Georgia's strength, which is right up the middle of that defense, they took, uh, dinked and dunked, and then they hit them over the top. Alabama played like we thought they could all year. And unfortunately for the, four, the three other teams in the, in the playoff, Bama's <laughs> finally putting it together. And all of a sudden, they're the number one team in the country. And that perimeter attack loses Mitch. You know, everybody know. at halftime is thinking, well, you know, Georgia's going to turn it up. I put some money on Georgia at halftime thinking, well, they're going to turn it up. They're in range here. And they just lost, Alabama just lost one of the weapons that would make them able to do, execute the game plan that, that they've worked so far. I, I will say, I didn't hear the broadcast. I will say, Bama played like a team that had to win. They, just, they, they played like a team that had to win to get in the playoff, and Georgia came out flat. For the, I mean, we just... How well, do you come out flat They were up 10-0. I mean, they played flat, but they were up 10 to nothing in this game before Alabama took off. I don't... Here's what concerns me about Georgia now. Uh, Alabama certainly knew they had to win to stay alive and to have a chance at the national title. So there was... Objectively, there was more to play for for Alabama in this game because they were playing for their lives. Georgia knew they were going to be in the tournament in the playoff, no matter what happened in this game. But Kirby Smart, after this game, talking about it like it's a bowl game wake-up or early season wake-up, you know, saying, hey, we saw Alabama have this performance and this wake-up call against Texas A&M. We really needed this to refocus and get going. And I'm thinking, what? you were 0-4 against your exactly, daddy, exactly. Nick Saban in Alabama coming in this game. You know how important this is to your fans you know how important it is to win the SEC. You can't be talking about this game like it was just some tune-up. I understand you need to deflect a bit and move forward and not just act like it's crushing. That's I am much. telling you, seeing Georgia fans all over the city of Atlanta, 
this was a crushing blow. No one wanted to talk about them winning a national title. There were people saying, we've already lost, that this is not an undefeated season with a national title, and Alabama's going to hold that over them with this. Paul, every, every Georgia fan's face looked like someone who just got a terminal cancer diagnosis. That was the look on their face. They were It was they as were if down. They, were, they just learned, oh, we're never going to be good enough. Even with the best recruits in America, with a historically great defense, we are never going to be up to their level. I can level. understand why I felt that We're way. never going to be that good. We gave up 17 in a game to Tennessee, and that was tops all year. 17. But, and they just scored 41. But... All is not lost, though. All is not lost because Georgia had to win two of three games to win a national title. Alabama had to win three. There is a different mentality where you like it or not in attention to detail in that. And I'm not saying that I I appreciate the fact that Georgia can let their foot off their gas. I I wouldn't do that. I don't don't think that's great. But I think there's also something to be said for the, the stretch run that Alabama and everybody else in the SEC West must face. I mean, the gauntlet. Georgia never went through the gauntlet this year. To, to what Paul was saying about the schedule, I mean, they play in the Southeastern Conference and they open the season against Clemson. I can't ask much more on their scheduling than that, than when you look around the, co- the country and you see what other teams are doing. Credit Oregon for, for playing Ohio State and Ohio State for playing Oregon. Point being, Georgia never faced a stretch like Ole Miss faced. Five straight weeks, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn. That's their schedule, and there's a gauntlet stretch to that for playing in the West. Auburn, eight of nine weeks, faced Ole Miss, A&M, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Alabama. Uh, eight games in nine weeks, uh, where and then they end the season in the Iron Bowl and nearly beat Bama at the end of the year. There's... Didn't have that feel with Georgia. Yeah, and let me we, be clear. I'm not blaming Georgia. Oh, I know. I'm just saying now when you look at it, it's a fair thing. Like, hey, none of that not, was particularly they're not, they're not challenging out compared the, to get you ready for Bama. They, they've been number one for the vast majority of the year. They're not falling out of the playoff. Uh, and I don't, I don't think they should, even if you had another team, no, well, not with a one-loss team jumping in or whatever it might be. But I, I think it's fair to ask, who is Georgia? Because we yeah, saw the I formula – and there were two or three teams we thought could could force the issue with them. Ohio State was one, and they're not in it. And then you have to look around the conference and you think, okay, we can't wait for the SEC championship game because what we just saw happen is what a lot of people back in September and October thought would happen until they saw Alabama have some miscues and misfires along the way where they kept winning but barely won after the A&M game in a couple of cases. And meanwhile, Georgia cruised for the most part. And, you know, uh, I don't want to offer kudos to the committee for getting it right because they're supposed to get it right. But they very clearly got it right. And there should have been no debate, really, about getting those four teams right. I think it would have been ridiculous to reward Notre Dame. Good that they didn't penalize Notre Dame for the changes. But you can't find a way for Notre Dame in, no matter what's happening, going on, when they're not playing. Would it have been Baylor? It would have been Baylor. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame was five, no? No, uh, Oklahoma State jumped them in the latest one, and then Baylor beat... I think... Baylor They were Baylor was behind Notre Dame, but Baylor beat Oklahoma State. So I'm, I would have been curious. Well, I think Notre Dame was five. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying for the playoff. 
Like if if, if well, I think he's saying the final ranking they were final, in the final. No, in the final ranking, the final ranking's fine because they had the four teams set. Uh, would the committee have put Notre Dame in in had that been the case? I mean, there's yeah, a reason it would have it would have been there's Notre a Dame reason Alabama's number one and not Michigan today. It's because yeah. the committee didn't want the rematch immediately. Well, and let's let's look at. Well, I think no, I I mean I also think it makes sense for Alabama to be number one when it stomped. Number one, to that degree, I don't have any argument with the way it's set up. If I wouldn't they, have had a big argument with Michigan play, number one either. Here's, the, here's what you're getting at, They don't at, want Paul. the rematch. If they, no, here's what you're getting at. If they wanted to play to television and eyeballs, they would have put Notre Dame in front of Cincinnati and, right. and come up with some BS rationale for doing that. They didn't do that. They, they, did, right. they did what was right. Cincinnati should, should be ahead of Notre Dame, and I, I agree with you. It's not going to be the best matchup for television. No, I think, and if that's a, I think a Alabama stomping, probably blows them up. If out. that's a stomping, that's fine. You know what? If Notre Dame was there, they'd get stomped Abs- as well. We've seen them get stomped. Right. So we've seen that, so let's see game. the other one. And I don't want to hear after the fact that they shouldn't have been there. Well, because that's let's, nonsense. We're gonna well, have, what, what, do you, what do you think about Michigan and Georgia in that matchup? I think that could, you know, I'm oh, interested. Okay. So that goes back to what I said last week. Alabama just saved the college football playoff because instead of two duds, you have at least one semifinal game that's going to be good. Well, you got one yeah, that's but what I, I don't let's I, look at what Vegas says. I would have liked to have seen Georgia win because I hate Alabama. Seven and a half, right? Georgia's favorite over Michigan and fourteen. Those are the those are the lines, the initial lines that came out. Alabama's favorite over Cincinnati. We're gonna have plenty of time to talk about these these games oh, yeah. coming up. Let's let's stick with Alabama, Georgia. This was the difference in the game, and this could be the difference between Georgia winning a national title or not. It's Stetson Bennett. He's not that good. He's solid. He is a good college quarterback. He has no NFL future. Under pressure. He is not a difference maker. And look at what the two head coaches said about the opposing quarterback, and it tells you everything you need to say. Nick Saban said he is a very instinctual, good football player. That's what he said about Stetson Bennett. Two words from Kirby Smart about Bryce Young. He's special. Look at the quarterbacks that win national titles in college football. When was the last time there was a quarterback that wasn't special? You probably have to go back to the early Bama teams with Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, Jake Coker. Those early Saban teams that won national titles could do that. Saban changed, the game changed, and it's special quarterbacks that win national titles. LSU and Joe, the great Joe Brady, who's now fired by the, by the Carolina Panthers, did not win that national title. Joe Burrow won them a national title because he was a special difference maker. Georgia doesn't have that. They've got a five-star sitting on the bench in JT Daniels that apparently the coaching staff doesn't like. So is Stetson Bennett capable, even with one of the greatest defenses in the last 20 years, to win a national title? The evidence isn't good when going up against a team as good as, as Bama that we saw on Saturday. Well, if that's the case, then Alabama-Cincinnati's for the national title. Might be. Because there's one special quarterback and the other one is playing for Cincinnati. The other two are just guys. They're capable. McNamara's good, not great. Stetson's good, not great. But if that's true, then the national title's not going to be that great. It'll be like it was for the SEC championship. And I think that's the fear. And that's why a lot of Georgia people, a lot of people I read after that game, a lot of Georgia fans are saying, start JT Daniels. I don't care that he hasn't gone. He is a five-star talent. If his personality doesn't mesh, who cares? What Maybe a, he can do something different in that game. That, do we? Well, no. no, because you know what? I go back to, who are we? We are the Georgia defense. 
Chad was standing up on the table saying the Georgia defense should win the Heisman Trophy the this Georgia year. Georgia front. They don't need a great quarterback because they have their defense. Their defense needs to show but up. But some perform. of that Georgia their defense, defense the did not play was well. standing around. I, I could not believe around. that they could not get after Bryce Young. I thought it was going to be a field day on him after I saw Auburn just torment Alabama's offensive Auburn, line LSU, all day. LSU, Texas A&M. Got to the quarterback with regularity. Shut. And also... I like Bama's game plan of, oh, they're so good against the run. Great. We won't run it. <laughs> we abandon the run. We will throw it every time and test the, test the secondary. But doing that, knowing they're going to pass it and not getting to the quarterback, not affecting what had been a pretty porous offensive line, that's the big failure of the game to me for Georgia. And Hutton, we talked about it all last week, talked about it on the on the tailgate show also. There are some vulnerabilities there in that secondary for Georgia, and Alabama went right after it. Yeah, if the front's not working back end is they're still very good compared to everyone else but if you have to attack something on the georgia defense it's in the secondary coming up we will uh, continue to recap the championship games from the conferences around the country we'll take a glimpse at michigan and the statement that they put out against iowa and the big 10 title game up in indy all of that and more plus a look at week 13 everything that happened on sunday across the nfl Later this hour, we'll preview Monday Night Football, Bills and Patriots. Hang with us. More coming on Outkick 360. Chad, it was a great weekend in Atlanta. Shout out to everybody uh, that stopped by and joined us at Stats. It was awesome. Yeah, we had a great time uh, at Stats. Packed house. Uh, we, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. One of the truly special events is the SEC championship game. When you get it half and half, it's a little bit more Georgia than Alabama in that stadium. But it's really cool to see that breakdown. A lot of Georgia fans there. But a really, really fun time at Stats on Saturday. Thanks to everyone who came by, that took in the show, that watched the show throughout the season. We appreciate all of them. Babel, when you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, it can be challenging to accomplish even the smallest of tasks. But Babel is here for you. The number one selling language learning app through Babel's bite-sized lessons. You'll learn new language skills that you can actually use in the real world. From greetings to menus and directions, to gaining a deeper understanding of the culture, Babbel is a travel essential. And their 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, plus Babbel speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, and use promo code OUTKICK360. That's Babbel.com, code OUTKICK360. Babbel, language for life. For the year, Georgia's defense allowed 24 offensive plays of 20 yards or more. Think about that. 24. Alabama hit seven plays for 20 <laughs> yards or more against Georgia Incredible. this past weekend. Incredible. In fact, there were six games where Georgia allowed one or zero plays of 20 yards or more. Well, and we were going back to the lack of, of great wins for Georgia this year. And it's not their fault that Clemson wasn't what we thought, but Clemson was still 9-3. And that was, at the time, that was a 
great start for them. It was ten to three, right? Was the final yeah, of that game? Also, of the that was yeah. that was a big uh, defensive battle. And again, Clemson finishes nine and three. They weren't very good on offense all year, but they're nine and three. Uh, but then blowing out Arkansas. I'm trying to think about what was the most impressive performance all year for Georgia. I think it was that shutout of Arkansas in Athens at the same day yeah, that yeah. Alabama made their statement against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. That's right. That earlier that day, that was Georgia's big win over Arkansas. Look, for all the complaining of Georgia fans and the despair and everything else, go win two more games and you make this right. That's Georgia still has that in front of them, but I do think there are questions now about, and the questions that we asked all along, when Stetson Bennett <laughs> is put under pressure where he has to make pressure-packed throws in a tight game or behind, is he good enough to do it against a talented defense? He's going to have to do it at some point. Couldn't do it on Saturday. Is he capable? We're probably going to find out if these two meet again. Outkick 360 rolls on. And in thinking of that comparison uh, that I made previously, Stetson Bennett and then McNamara. McNamara from Michigan is right now playing the best football I've seen him play. He uh, Over the past two games, he's 29 for 43 in wins, in back-to-back wins over Iowa and then Ohio State. So in the in the biggest moments of the season for Michigan, the last two weeks, he has played really strong football. Can he carry that over against the Georgia defense now? Now we get to really see a, a solid matchup because we, we it was a solid matchup Saturday with Bama, but Michigan will be the most physical team Georgia has faced. And I actually think that probably favors Georgia because that's how they're built. Um, Alabama hit them over the top. Michigan's going to want to run it right at them and win in the trenches. But, hey, Michigan pushed around Ohio State earlier this season. No small feat. And watching that game, they they took the will of Ohio State in some cases. Going back and watching that game that day, Chad, um, it, 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 certain plays where they were just blowing off the line of scrimmage against the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think still a different animal with Georgia's defensive front against the run than, than Ohio State, so it's going to be much more difficult for Michigan to do that. But I'll also say that Michigan, Georgia's more talented, but people are going to sleep on Michigan's talent also. they got a five-star safety starting. They've got seven top 100 recruits that start on their team. Georgia's got the more talented roster from a recruiting standpoint, but Jim Harbaugh and Michigan's recruited pretty well. They have They've got many, a talented they, roster also. How many five-stars? They've got a five-star safety oh. uh, starting. I think they have two so, others on and, the roster. And reading up on their rankings, Georgia has 19 five-star players. Michigan has three currently. Yeah, they have three starters right now. Michigan does. Well, Alabama took the will of uh, Georgia's front at times in that game. There were big-time oh, yeah. guys on Georgia's front standing around, looking tired, not pursuing, and looking defeated at points in that game where they were not yet defeated. And now Michigan gets Georgia. We get to see Alabama and Cincinnati. We'll be uh, certainly previewing those matchups. I'm I'm excited for the playoff. We'll see uh, Michigan and Georgia in Miami. And we will see uh, the other game in Dallas, Alabama and Cincinnati. The winner of both games heads to Indianapolis for the national championship on the 10th. It's a short drive for us from Nashville. Short drive. Yes, it is. drive up for that one. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, Mario Cristobal is the new head coach in Miami for the Hurricanes. We will discuss that coming up. Uh, we'll get details on uh, Venable's contract as well for Oklahoma. Yesterday in the NFL, week 13, 
uh, continues to be back and forth in the AFC. Pittsburgh wins, uh, and it was a must-win situation it. for them. Um, look, I, going into last week, I just I I don't think Pittsburgh's making the postseason. I also did not see how Mike Tomlin's team and how that team is structured and built would just lay down to Baltimore. And also, Baltimore has played. They've been winning close games. They play close games. The Vikings do too. The Vikings lost to the Detroit Lions. They continue to play close games. They lose close games. And yesterday, Pittsburgh won the close battle. Baltimore has a chance to tie it. Instead, they go for two in the win because they're depleted in their secondary. That's what Harbaugh said postgame. And it's off the fingertips. It's a great play call. The play would have worked. It would have won the game for Baltimore. Uh, instead, it's an inch too far uh, off the fingertips of Andrew. It's interesting. I think is a, a great debate there about Lamar Jackson. People who love him say, look at how he drove the team down there. And people who don't necessarily love him, myself included, say, look at the imprecision on the crucial play there, where if he threw it two inches better. That was not his fault. Mark Andrews. I'm telling you, it. that was Mark Andrews' fault. Go back and watch that play over and over. He stops running. When he turns around, he slows his pace running out and almost comes to a stop and has to try to speed back up to catch it. I think well, it he still did. could have been a better throw. I thought that was perfect. I'm giving the pass in rush. Face. I don't know how he got the pass. I mean, off. he threw it, Paul. He throws it sidearm around JJ Watt's extended hand, and I'm telling TJ. you, Mark Andrews, if he if he just keeps running as he's turning around and doesn't sort of slow himself to turn, I think he catches they, it. They missed a couple of throws, uh, Jackson I, and, and Andrews yesterday. Yeah. I also thought he catches one handed. <laughs> Just well, that's what he does. I thought he's, he's going to pull it in one hand. I thought yeah. he's going to tip it to it. You know, just get it in the air, and then you can run onto it because you have some room there. the 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 Ravens are a good team that has played imprecisely over the last four or five weeks. You're talking about close games. They've blown a couple of opportunities. That's a big blown opportunity. It there, it's a good call to go for it. A lot of people questioning it. I like that somebody like John Harbaugh can say. Hey, we're depleted at corner, and we're not and we're not defending great. We're not going to sustain that. Very few coaches would admit that because they feel like it's a slap at their backup corners. Where the fact of the matter is, you don't have guys the quality of Marlon Humphrey behind Marlon Humphrey, and there's nothing wrong with saying so. And now Marlon Humphrey, by the way, is out for the season with shoulder injury, which is a big factor in the AFC, which we're going to get deeper into here. Well, Did now- you guys hear what? Uh- what Harbaugh or not Harbaugh? What Mike Tomlin said about it the decision great. to go for two? It was great. He said, "Were you surprised when they kept the offense on to go for two? And he said, "No, they're very analytics based in their decision making. So from that standpoint, they're very predictable." Yeah, it was great. <laughs> we knew they were going to go for two yeah. in that moment. They also um, Baltimore has a tough stretch coming up. So they got Cleveland, Green Bay, and Cincinnati over their next three. And I bring that up only because John Harbaugh just told you that they're depleted in their secondary. Um, I, I should also point out they missed the two point conversion, and then Justin Tucker's onside kick was so precise. Like where he back, he like Pittsburgh played it well. It was unbelievable how he. It was a soccer this style onside uh, kick behind the back kick. Faked with the right foot, kicked it from behind with the left, and chased it well. It was very the, well. The Pittsburgh done. guy made a good, good, good play. That on guy is amazing. Look, and <laughs> I watched that onside kick, and I'm thinking, is there anyone? That is that much better than everyone else at their position in the NFL than Justin Tucker is at kicking. 
And I think Cleveland's like, the wh- same who's way. Who's the huh? second best kicker They're behind They're not going to go down easily next week either. They'll put up a fight. In that division, everybody's going to put up a fight, even if you're uh, if you're down like Pittsburgh, uh, you know, and the rumor is that, that Roethlisberger's telling people he's done. Or if you're like Cleveland, injury depleted with a banged-up quarterback, nobody's going down easy in that division. Um, the, the Roethlisberger thing is the worst-kept secret in football yeah, right now. Yeah, right. That, that those Saturday morning reports, a good share of them, seventy five percent of them, are like that, right? Yeah. Everybody presumes it, but nobody's reported it. Now you go get somebody to say it to you, and you breathlessly report it. Like, oh, this big secret that Ben Roethlisberger is talking <laughs> like he's not going to play anymore, and now that I got somebody to say it, it's headline news. Depending on the week, it looks like any team can win the AFC North. It really does. Cincinnati doesn't want it. They're playing yesterday against the Chargers, and the Chargers come in there and boat race them. Um, Cincinnati started to make a good comeback, and then uh, the Chargers answered it. Chargers looked really pretty good in that game. But the quarterback play is what's holding these teams back, even Lamar Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson's only played – um, three games against the Steelers in his career, which was surprising to me. Well, we know he's ill a lot. Four touchdown passes to eight turnovers, and he's been sacked 16 times in those three games. That's horrific. And this was the 43rd meeting in this century since 2000 between these two. They were 21-21 and 21 coming into yesterday. It's now that 22, is the 21, NFL Pittsburgh. rivalry now, largely because the two coaches have been in place for so long. Uh, Stylistically, ben, ben you know has been what you're there getting. for so long. It's physical. There's no finesse to that. Well, it also helps. I mean, the Packers and Bears are a good rivalry but when both Bears teams are, are good. good. Yeah. yeah, the Steelers and Ravens are usually battling for not just the the supremacy in the division, but a top ACC. one or two seed playoff positioning. I mean, the fact that they're good, but also. It's identity. We've talked about how you know a Ravens player when you see it, a Steelers player. Yeah, you're it right. has a vibe and a feel to it. They know who they are with those organizations you and know. parody. It's twenty-one. It's now twenty-two to twenty-one since two thousand and the forty-three meetings between those. And the two reason teams. they're consistently measured like that, they both draft well, consistently yes. draft well. Mike Zimmer, uh, another worst case kept secret. Mike Zimmer is not going to last very long in Minnesota. Um, we knew this. He was on the hot seat going into the season, and they're not winning tight games. And defensively, I don't. We were talking about this pregame, uh, pre-show. I don't know what they're doing on that final play where Detroit beats the Vikings. Stay behind for the him. touchdown. Don't let them get behind you. Even if you're, uh, if he's in the end zone, don't let them get behind you. That, they had two guys behind St. Brown on the last play of the game. Well, you can't be behind well, him like, if he's, he's in the end. Five zone. yards deep in the end zone. You know, just watching that final play um, and, and how it all came. Oh, and by the way, the defense was bad even before that. They allowed Jared Goff uh, to somehow complete eight passes on the game-winning drive. Jared Goff, who is, yesterday was his first win for a coach other than Sean McVay. Think about that. That's Jeff Fisher and Dan Campbell. And look, I'm, I'm not a Jared Goff fan at all, and – I think Campbell's a little bit over the top, but congratulations to him. But it was nice to see Jared Goff through that pass. And as everybody was scrambling around wildly to celebrate, he ran straight to Dan Campbell to hug Dan Campbell on the sideline. That's a nice moment. And, you know, Detroit deserves something good once in a while. And they're still alive for the playoffs. Our scenario, <laughs> our scenario that we read, enough went right. The only the team scenario. in the NFL 
through, this is week 13, one game left in week 13. There's one game eliminated. One team eliminated from the playoffs, the Houston Texans. That's or Houston. The te- yeah, you want to talk about a team that needs something good to happen. Cool. The Texans. That was miserable. Colts had no issue whatsoever in that game. They are dead last in practically every offensive category. Um, and they changed quarterbacks yesterday. They did. They changed quarterbacks yesterday. Uh, Terod Taylor's been awful. Um, Davis isn't giving them – Davis Mills isn't giving them much more. You might as well go with Davis Mills. And, and they beat the Titans on the road. <laughs> <laughs> say all that to say they beat the Titans on the road. Did you see the guy who got escorted out of the stadium that had the sign yeah. right in front of the owner's box that said, hey, Cal, Tommy Boy McNair, sell the team immediately? You've got to let that guy say his piece. You've got to. <laughs> Well, he brought he brought out. in. Um, well, he was turning around in front of other fans, and look, it's not like the He's stadium. Other fans. It's not like the stadium is packed. Yeah. So by his shouting and whatever he's doing, he's you could he could probably hear him three or four sections over because there were so little fans in that place. I don't think that you should be able to eject the fan. I, I'm sure it's on the back of the ticket and whatever. I think if that stadium's partly publicly financed, and I know that it is. I, I don't think that should be in the fine print. Well, I mean, unless you're bothering people. Uh, yeah, I think you're. I think he's probably bothering people. I don't know what he was saying. I think if you're turned around, I mean, the 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 picture I saw him, he's turned around, not towards the game, with a huge poster board up, a huge sign that says that. I'm surprised and he's everybody's yelling back not joining the, him, chanting the the booth. Well, that's how you get away with it. Just get a bunch of people doing it all at once. Then what are you going to do? Kick everyone out of the stadium? You're already playing in front of Turned not many people. You're play in front of no people. Kick everyone out when they start chanting something. Turn the Texans, the Texans have scored only 164 points all season. That's difficult to accomplish in the National Football League. They've been outscored by Jacksonville and Detroit. Wow. I mean, just think about that. They are the they've scored fewer than 10 points in half their games. And again, they beat the Titans in Nashville. Yes, and they did. They are the first team since the 2002 Panthers to get shut out by at least 30 points twice in a season. They lost 31 nothing to the Colts on Sunday and the Bills beat them 40 to nothing. Speaking of the Panthers, year. we mentioned that we made reference to the Joe Brady firing. How about that for a news dump? That's a new new news dump. What uh, well, did you hear what happened you there? You dump him 10 minutes, you announce it 10 minutes before the early slate of games on Sunday. That gets no attention no, whatsoever. Uh, Matt Rule told the media today that they wanted to fire Brady on um, on Saturday. But he was not available to meet. Because <laughs> it's a bye weekend. And he wanted to do it face-to-face. Probably face. fishing or something. Yeah. That's also quite a uh, news dump. I'm not going to be On Championship Saturday, it's also quite a news Well, I mean... It, they could have gone any time from Friday night to Saturday they, to Sunday when they did it, and it's quite they a They waited dump. for the bye. I mean, that's... Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, that's but what But the they time did. you do it, if you're really firing them on the bye, is Monday. No, I, I mean... After, not, after your last game. I guess he got it. I don't know what he was doing, but he couldn't meet his head coach face-to-face for some reason on that day. He went fishing. Maybe. Well, he probably knew why the meeting was being called, too. Yeah. Stalled him. You know what? I'll wait. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not cutting my vacation short for you to fire me. I'll, I'll be there on Sunday. You can fire me then. <laughs> Cardinals, I mean, Cardinals that, continue that to win. That guy was interviewed for head coaching jobs last year, right? In the NFL, was mentioned for college jobs also. How quickly it can change. Now he's fired. And he'll resurface again. He'll, he'll be a quarterback coach somewhere, quarterback or do well, and in two years he'll be back he in the He could be a college OC. Yeah. He'll be back I mean, in the I, Some college would love to have him, I'm sure, to be offensive coordinator. 
Arizona Cardinals continue to win. They go on the road yesterday. All the pregame shows uh, discussing how the weather was going to factor in and how it was going to be the Bears' uh, momentum because of it was it was cold. It was like thirty four degrees and rain. Didn't flinch. It was not cold enough to even sleet. It was just thirty four, thirty five degrees and rain. Uh, miserable. Arizona is now seven and zero on the road this season, and they've outscored their opponents by ten or more points in every game on the road. Through a touchdown to Hopkins is their first game both back, right? They did very well without their quarterback and their receiver, and presumably they're both now good to go. Arizona survived that time you fear if you're a top team where you lose. And they did, lost worse. They lost yes. their quarterback and they lost their top receiver. And here they are. They won two out of three. They're back. They're fine. And they still look like if not the best team in the – they have the best record. But if they're not the best team in the conference, they're second best. And right now, if you're picking an NFC championship game, it's uh, it's Arizona-Green Bay, and it looks like it would be an Arizona, not Green Bay, which would be very favorable for the Cardinals, obviously. Green Bay – I don't know. They, they love played on the road. Yeah, they play well on the road. They haven't had a turnover on the road in five games. Green Bay, though, I mean, that's, wants that's that tough to Bay. do. Yeah. They're a good team. They're a good team. And uh, – and you can't say they peaked too early based on what they did with the injuries. For sure on that. Uh, coming up uh, a little bit later in the show, Minshew Mania. Gardner Minshew, so the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. They beat the Jets. We'll discuss that. But when we come back, guys, let's let's take a look at some of the bowl matchups. Because while it's difficult to predict bowl games because you don't know which teams want to be there and which teams don't, Based on the up-and-down play and the craziness of college football, especially in the top 25 this year, there are some very intriguing head-to-head matchups and how this bowl season is going to play out. Uh, some some big-time matchups as long as both teams show up to play and if uh, both teams don't have some of their star players opt out in order to prepare for the combine. But nonetheless, some interesting thoughts straight ahead Stay tuned. More coming on Outkick 360. First, though, competitive cyclists from derailers to to bar tape, nutrition to racks, trainers to tires, helmets to bibs, the cycling kind of beyond. Do you spend hours online researching your dream bike? Some love this stuff almost as much as the experts at competitivecyclist.com. You can go there this Christmas season. And Competitive Cyclist is the online specialty retailer of road and mountain bikes, components, apparel, and accessories. They feature all of cycling's standout brands, but the real difference at Competitive Cyclist are the gearheads. Equal parts customer service and cycling fanatic, gearheads are former pro athletes, Olympians, and seasoned cyclists with years of experience, all available by phone, of email, or chat for product recommendations and hard-won advice. Plus, Competitive Cyclist has 100% guaranteed returns. Go to competitivecyclist.com slash outkick360. You can enter the promo code outkick360 to get 15% off your full-priced purchase, plus free shipping on orders $50 or more. Some exclusions apply. Right now, 15% off free shipping. Competitivecyclist.com slash outkick360. That's competitivecyclist.com slash outkick360. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. What would the 12-team college football playoff look like today? What would we be discussing? I've got, some, I've got the matchups based on the proposal that was put out in June. Like it. But first, um, look, the, 
the matchups for the actual bowls are really, really good. Now, some of these would actually be what we would see in the playoff. Uh, for instance, I'm just scrolling down through here. Uh, well, I take that back. We would see on January 1st, we would see the majority of the teams that would be in the college football playoff. They're just paired differently. So Notre Dame plays Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl on January 1st. That's going to be a solid game because you've got Marcus Freeman, which, by the way, they're they're having the press conference today for him in South Bend. It, it, this is no just like media press conference. This is even bigger than the Heupel uh, deal or the uh, – anytime the Tennessee would hire a new athletic director, like when they hired Fulmer and he came back and they had the big hype and they had the band and everything playing – that's similar to what they're doing at Notre Dame right now for Marcus Freeman, one which big, is cool. One big Notre Dame alumni in the media said, uh, why hold back? Just move it to the Basilica. Like, that's the only thing they could have done. to <laughs> Carry make him it, in. That's hey, the his, only thing they could have done to make it I mean, bigger. It's, it looks massive. His family will be stars, too. Have you seen the family photo? They have like six or seven kids. They look like Abercrombie models. All of them. A beautiful wife. And all of the kids look like they were plucked from a J. Crew ad. In a magazine, and all perfectly just aligned, looking looking perfectly polite the entire time. Meanwhile, Brian Kelly's daughter has, what, six months to finish her senior year there and posted something on TikTok about oh. getting booed going to class <laughs> every day and how much oh. fun it's going to be to finish her it's final semester. Pretty funny. Yeah. I wonder how she feels about her father with that Southern accent. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm a big part of my, my daddy's family now. <laughs> She's going to start talking with the southern accent also. eating marmalade toast each morning. You're going to smother that with butter, aren't we? So you got the New Year's Day games, um, Fiesta, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Rose Bowl is awesome. You've got Ohio State against the team that not once but twice beat the team that beat you early in the season in, or- in Oregon. So you've got Utah facing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. That should be good. Um, and Baylor and Ole Miss, Chad. That should also be a great yeah, game that's in the Sugar be, Bowl. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's going to be great. That's going to be a fun, uh, fun atmosphere in New Orleans around that one also. Uh, also, a fun fact I saw from Bobby Carpenter of OutKick, a buddy of ours yeah. who joins us weekly, said uh, just a little a factoid that he finds interesting. He said Marcus Freeman's final game as a player was at Ohio State in 2009 in the Fiesta Bowl. And his first game as head coach at Notre Dame will be in the Fiesta Bowl. So finished oh, up as a awesome. player, will start as a coach in the same place, in the same Complete bowl. Complete the circle. All yes. right, you ready for the 12-team playoff? Yes. What would we be discussing today? So, I'm ready for it to be happening next year, but it's not because they can't get it, it together. I'm ready for it to be happening this year. Yeah. So the, uh, based on the June proposal, if the June proposal is adopted, the top four teams, the top four champions, uh, the highest ranked champions, I should say, would get, get a buy. So, Bama, Michigan, Cincy, and Baylor will get a bye in this scenario. Um, here are your, here's your first round. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State. And I'm, I'm putting these on the uh, home venue. These with, these, with that proposal, these would take place at the higher seed home correct, venue. Correct, correct. Oklahoma State at Ole Miss in round one. What, what seeds Ole Miss? Eight. It's an eight-nine matchup. The Grove would be popping. Pitt at Georgia. So Georgia's loss would have them playing in the opening round game at home against Pitt and Kenny Pickett. And what are the seeds there? That's a 12 versus 5. Notre Dame would face, would be, would would host Utah in this. And Michigan State in a rematch 
would face Ohio State at the horseshoe again. That's the only one you, when you get the the rematch in the Been regular season in conference. Yeah. It's not as intriguing, but still, those are great well, games. Yeah, oh, uh, and it's same venue. I, I like I get all that, but um, yeah, it's going to happen. There's a potential we get a Georgia Alabama rematch for the championship too. Yeah. Like, a, a, I'll take it. So then you'd have Bama hosting either Oklahoma State or Ole Miss. You would have, or not hosting. The, the, now you get to the bowl games in the quarters. Michigan, uh, the two seed would take on the winner of Ohio State or Michigan State. So you could have Michigan. You would probably have Michigan-Ohio State. No that's, the, that right? uh, that's the Big Ten bracket. Cincinnati yep. would face Notre Dame or Utah. Rematch, potentially. Team they already beat. One yes. of them. Uh, Baylor would be facing Georgia or Pitt in the next round. And... That is what we would be the, discussing. The today. loveliest part of all of this is it's just more games. It's more meaningful right. big games. Well, we'd be playing in two weeks. That's why I never scoff at more playoffs because it's just more big games, which I appreciate. So I have no big issue with that. That's, that's what we get with the 12 team has, playoff. Has the academic uh, concern element disappeared in the conversation? Like the debate isn't no, no about one, that anymore. No one talks about Nobody's that. Nobody's raising that. Hard to argue this with I mean they they think the SEC is going to dominate the playoff. There's three teams from the SEC represented here. But also three Big 10. Well, right now they make up half of the field. Right. So they're getting screwed harder right now by the four-team playoff from the SEC as opposed to 12. Screwed harder. Coming up more re- weekend reaction and a preview of tonight's matchup, Pat- Patriots at the Bills. Hang with us. 360 rolls on.